what we do here is go back, 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 back. See, I, basically what I just described as my activities is pre-Thanksgiving and post-Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but it's, it's kind of just... Before and after are my favorite times of Thanksgiving. Yeah, and that sounds terrible. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And we have a fantastic, maybe not too fantastic, Thanksgiving game coming up this week. Uh, we got a two-for-one special for you guys in, in this episode. But first, we must touch on the Bengals. First, first, before that, Andy, I don't want to ask how you're doing because I kind of know how you're doing. And this has just been, you know, a uh, Simpsons revolving door, take the hat off, walk in, turn around, pick the hat up, turn around, walk out the door of us being upset on uh, on a Monday. But nonetheless, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm all right. I mean, just it's basically Groundhog's Day these last three weeks, last three recaps, last three games. So it's Thanksgiving week. I don't have a ton to be thankful about right now as far as it is, you know, related to the Raiders. So, um, yeah, I'm all right, man. You know, we've got a short week this week. We'll touch on that. But, yeah, obviously had the Bengals game on Sunday. Gave you guys that preview. Some thoughts on, like Micah said, where we could really capitalize, where we could uh, exploit them, take advantage of them on the defensive side. And I gave you the offense. But, uh, you know, it's Another Sunday, same result. Um, so Bengals come into town, beat the Raiders thirty-two to twenty, or sorry, thirty-two to thirteen, which was very frustrating. And I'm sure we'll share those sentiments. So, Michael, why don't you share your frustrating sentiments? Yeah, that was a very hard game to watch. Um, our struggles started and ended with the offense, really, um, when it came down to a lot of things. Once again, started off hot. Shouldn't have. Uh, tricked myself into thinking that um you know it was going to be a good day defense goes out there Yannick Ngakwe strip sack uh Dalvin Levitt picks it up takes it down all the way to the five yard line I believe side note very frustrating uh, I saw a video today of that play from like the all 22 view he had free open space down the sideline to score a touchdown and all of his blockers were kind of out in that area and um, he decides to cut it back that's besides the point on, on how things turned out, but it was just like that almost kind of became a catalyst to how the rest of the game uh, was going to pan out. But anyways, uh, Raiders get the ball inside the 10 yard line, um, end up settling for a field goal uh, because can't get anything going. And it really just kind of worked that way throughout the whole game. It was just so bad. So frustrating. We couldn't get anything going on offense. Um, the defense, you know, the defense held its own. Um, they got to a point, I think they only gave up like 13 points through three quarters. And, you know, they just got they got too gassed. Uh, and they just, you know, eventually broke. Uh, they were bending a lot and not giving up much. And then they finally broke. Um, and our offense just couldn't get anything going. It was very unfortunate. You could tell they were trying to get Waller involved right away. He had a couple, you know, good catches, big catches, and then um, just kind of fizzled off a little bit. But they just didn't get a rhythm. I, DC looked off. Once again, the offensive line was kind of, you know, whatever, and they just couldn't get a rhythm going. They couldn't get any sustainable drives going um, and really just shit the bed from the beginning all the way to the end. They did have one drive, 
three passes, 75 yards, all to tight ends, and their lone touchdown. Um, I will say that that came directly after uh, I made Hot Pockets for lunch. Thought that was going to be good luck. Really dropped the ball about not making more Hot Pockets the next time we got the ball. But all in all, it was just such a bad game, man. It's so frustrating, and you're sitting there watching it. And, you know, our defense gave us every opportunity to stay in that game and be in that game, and they just couldn't do it. And ironically enough, like, that touchdown, I think, came in the third quarter. We couldn't get anything going all game, couldn't sustain any drives. The defense is gassed, and the offense goes down in three plays and scores and puts the defense right back on the field again while they're gassed. So it was just kind of like, you know, obviously can't complain about touchdowns, but, like, if they could just get a, like, longer, you know, 10-play drive going or something, you know, 12-play drive going where they milk some time off the clock, give the defense time to rest, um, would have gone a long way in helping things out. But I don't know, man. Towards the end of the game, D.C. just – he looked defeated. Uh, He, you know, he looked – just like he didn't want to be there. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way with the way the game was going. But all in all, it's just very shitty game, very shitty situation, very interesting week so far on Twitter, um, people's views of Derek Carr. <laughs> so I don't know. I was just a lot of me just rambling, a lot of venting really, but it's tough. I mean, needed to win that, and we didn't. Yeah, no, I mean, it's there's not a lot to say, man, like, starting off with uh, the strip sack um, on the first drive, it was like vibes. Right. And then didn't see it on, you know, during the game, obviously saw it when Levitt could have taken it to the end zone offense, I think went backwards um, on three plays, kicked a field goal. So three, nothing, but just a couple, I mean, 32, 13, I sure. Oh, well, well, it, that looks like a blowout. It truly wasn't. I mean, we deserve to lose by that much, if not more just by, how flat they came out, but you look at time of possession, Bengals of the ball 15 minutes longer than we did. Um, look at penalties. Bengals didn't commit their first penalty, I think, until the fourth quarter. Um, Raiders had seven penalties for 77 yards. You factor in the fumble on the first drive from there. Raiders turned the ball over twice, um, an interception by DC, which was critical, and then also a fumble at the end when um, really the game was kind of out of whack. So I don't know. I mean, like you said, dude, it was 13 to 13 to six in the third quarter. It was a game that, I mean, those three quarters at least seemed like the giants game where I'm like, we're better. We're a better team than these guys. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. And I know they had to travel and whatnot, but I think we should have definitely won the game just by how the Bengals looked in general, but they didn't. Have you heard it before? They didn't make any costly mistakes outside of that one fumble that only resulted in three points. They didn't make any costly penalties. They controlled the clock. They were efficient. You know, they were able to convert their downs and we were not. They were eight for 16. We were one for seven. So, yeah, it just goes to show that they had nine more third, you know, or sorry, nine more third down opportunities than us, which means it was longer drives. Right. So they kind of just controlled us and, and our defense did end up breaking, which rightfully so. I mean, they're on the field for so long and you can chalk up, you know, different things or, pick, you know, be a little ticky tacky with the the game film. But I think all in all, they played pretty well. There's that coverage uh, that we lost on, I think it was fourth and goal when it was Abram and the, no, I don't think it was fourth and goal. I think it was third and goal and they were um, a field goal would have kept us in a one score game, but Abram got beat in the back of the end zone. You've heard that before that Abram got beat. So um, yeah, I mean, I think we, 
I, the defense did did what they could. Offense is lost. They are completely lost. There's, you know, me, you, and um, Dan uh, Meldreamy, our bro- oldest brother. We're we're texting throughout the game, and you know, I was just like, man, there's no. It's like there's no rhythm, or I mean, rhythm is one thing, but like there's no like plan. There's no plan of attack. There's no strategy. It's like it just doesn't seem like any rhyme for the reason. Cause even on the times, like you can look at it and be like, Oh, well we converted that or we scored a touchdown. It's like, yeah, we, we knew what we were doing. It's like, no, even on the times where we sputter and have to punt, um, you know, you'll see, Oh, I see what they're looking for there. I see that missed, you know, Oh, DC overthrew a little bit, but it, like they're making those in-game adjustments that I just don't think we're doing. So I don't know who that falls on. You know, it's funny when we, uh, when we win, it's like, see Carr finally has more control over the, the offense and he's, you know, whatever. And then, you know, throughout the game, it's, you know, you have the three straight losses and it's like, well, Olsen doesn't make adjustments or cars, not, you know, whatever. It's like, we don't really know. I think they just, you know, Basaccia said it um, in his press conference. He said, I don't know if it was a game plan issue more so, you know, an execution issue. So I think it'd be tough to diagnose which one, I mean, outside of, I mean, you could ask Twitter, they'll give you the answer um, without watching anything. So um, I, it wouldn't be fair to, categorize it whether it's like did was our scheme not good or or was it the execution that's something you'd have to actually watch the film on to diagnose because you can only get you know even to the trained eye a rough estimate you know 40 percent around what truly um what went wrong why did it go wrong things like that so anyways it, it was a frustrating day and and i don't know i wish i had answers couldn't establish the run had too many three and outs and then it's it's just hilarious that our defense is on the field for so long and then like you said it was just like four plays touchdown and they're like no like we we needed a longer drive you know it's give us just, a little more time <laughs> that's just how it was going it's just hilarious that in your mind you're like yes touchdown oh, our defense has to go back out there you know so i think obviously they they ran the ball on us pretty good you know pretty well mixon was he was 30 for a buck 23 four yards a chop you know burrow didn't do too much but if you saw i mean if you're watching the game it was every third and short they spread us out wide quick hits boom and i get the bradley scheme around the you know the cover three zone but it's like we don't press you know it's like we don't okay well it's third and short let's press and just or or play man and say go ahead and try to beat us but the chiefs did this to us the giants didn't because they just suck, you know, but like the, the Bengals and the chiefs did this to us. They just said, okay, we'll just take that easy first down, boom, move it. So there's the, I think we've seen the pros and cons of the, the Gus Bradley scheme that I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a bad one, but also like where, why can't we adjust? Why can't we just lock them up and play man? You know, are, are we that afraid of their weapons? Yeah. Like, you know, you talked about it, Chase and Higgins and, you know, but like we got, we got guys that we could have matched up on, you know, Casey Hayward's having a great year. Um, Nate Hobbs could match up on someone. Jonathan Abram could sit on the sidelines. You know, things like that. We could have at least tried to make an adjustment, and it just didn't seem like they were willing to for some reason. So, I don't know. It's like when with our offense, I think my biggest issue is like our offense is sputtering, and we know that. And then our defense, the only big plays we are generating is really rushing the passer, typically with four, right? And so it's like, so... Okay, so if we don't get to the quarterback, then that means we're banking on an interception, which how many interceptions do we have? Not not a ton, you know, it's like or the, and then there's chop, you know, picking us apart in the middle of the field. So it's like if we don't get home, then good luck. It's just it's frustrating, man. It's it's all all around frustrating. I think another thing you look at um, or I look at is like two out of those three losses are at home. And, and that's just I mean, it's just not where you want to do it. Obviously, I don't think you want to lose anywhere, but you got teams coming into your home and you can't even, 
you know, crowds not into, I mean, crowds into it ish, you know, but like we can't rise up in that sense. So I think there's a lot of things we could, we could dive into. If you want to look at the positives, Waller had eight catches, I believe. Um, yeah. Eight catches on nine targets, like a buck 15 and Ngakwe had a sack and yeah, I think that's all I got as far as positives um, go, but it was just, it's just so lackluster. I think, it, it's easy to sit back and play this, you know, hindsight game, but it's there. I don't know if missing Gruden is, it kind of misses the fire and the passion in a sense, like of, of get like of getting in people's grill and like, you know, whatever. Cause I know it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way about getting MF'd. But if you look at our offense over the last three weeks and, and we're just like, boop, three and out jog to the sidelines, sit on the, you know, sit on the bench, let's roll nothing. And no one's calling, no one's challenging anyone. That's going to, that, if it's not Gruden, cause Gruden's not here anymore. It's got to come from Carr, And that clearly wasn't there. I'm not saying Carr should MF anyone. I don't think he cusses, you know, but at least can we get any fire? Can we get any, any well, mother, fire? mother fricker, mother fricker. Yeah. It'd be a gosh, darn he the, the Philip rivers, he yeah. the Philip rivers, but no, it's just like the, the point is, is that for so vanilla on defense, and our offense is sputtering. It's like we have to generate momentum somehow, right? And it's like Bradley's not, you know, trying to be aggressive. He's not trying to mix up the coverages. And their teams are going on long drives. Look at the Chiefs. They just went on long drives, long drives, long drives. Offense, nothing, right? It's like, so where's the big plays coming from, right? Where are the at least momentum shifters? It's just, it's not there. So it's not a way that we obviously want to um, go into this game. We got to travel um, out to Dallas for this Thursday game that we're going to preview. Just um, before we get there, the AFC West standings as it sits right now: Chiefs are up top, seven and four. Um, we have the Chargers at six and four, and the Raiders and Broncos at the bottom, five and five collectively. So, um, yeah, it doesn't get easier um, from here, man. We got we have Cowboys coming up. I think we got the Washington Football Team. Then we got Chiefs on the road. Browns on the road. It's just we'll see. And obviously, I'm getting ahead of myself, but just not a lot of positive things to pull from. But go ahead. Sorry, I will say I want to get into, and I just want to I want to throw out some positiveness from this game for you because, as you stated, not a whole lot to be positive about. Jamar Chase three recep- three receptions for 32 yards. Um, he did have that touchdown, which was that one you're talking about where Abram got beat in the corner. Um, but we really shut him down. And he had, um, I believe he had like eight or nine targets. Uh, so for someone who's averaging six receptions a game, um, who's averaging 19 uh, yards per reception uh, this season, we really did shut him down. T. Higgins had two uh, receptions for 15 yards. And uh, Boyd was kind of their big their big receiver this week. Uh, I believe he had six for 69 or something like that. Um, but as you said, Mixon was the one that really kind of gashed us. They were able to run the ball, so they didn't have to throw it. But we did lock those guys down when we needed to lock them down, which I, I guess there's a bright spot there. Also with Bradley's defense, I think the big issue you see, um, you know, in Seattle when he was so successful, he had like really good linebackers and elite linebackers that could, when they weren't blitzing, you had guys that were able to cover those running backs, cover those tight ends, you know, deal with that short intermediate stuff. We just don't have that. So I think that's one big issue with his defense is that we don't necessarily have the elite linebackers to take care of that short yardage underneath stuff. Um, so I just want to add, touch on that a little bit as you, it's just stuff coming to my head as you were speaking. Yeah, no. And I think that's a great point. And they also had a good pass rush to, to boot. So um, if all we got is Crosby and Yannick and, and some average linebackers, then 
good luck. But the defense played well. Like I'm not, you know, I, I wanted to be nitpicky just on kind of just adjustments, is you know. But I mean, they played as well, not as well as they could, but they played a good game, good enough for us to at least give them some rest and, and produce some points on the offensive side. So it's just been the same story um, the last couple of weeks, and it's you just got to call it what it is, right? I understand when when you can ride high at five and two, and then yeah, you know you should see a lot of positives and congratulate the team and be optimistic. But when you lose three straight, you got to call it what it is, and that's what we're doing. So, but before we get into this Cowboys preview, let's um, transition over there. Um, before we do that, Michael, would you like to tell the people who is sponsoring us today? Yeah, as always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. This Thanksgiving, be thankful for family, food. And free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make your first deposit and you can play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wonderful. Um, I might spice it up. You know, I might spice it up on Thursday and, and get in on some of that DraftKings action. So um, I might. Mike, I might. You all should. Do it. TPPN. Like he said, all those. Well, moving on. Thursday, Thanksgiving, um, the game that was marked on our calendars pretty early on for the matchup against the Cowboys, which we don't get to play them a ton, and also the fact that it's on a very special holiday that families get together to enjoy the end of the year as it has been a long year, probably, I mean, a long two years, you know, with everything that's happened in the world. Get the families together, save time. You get to start with just some some treats, some appetizers, you know, maybe a maybe a mimosa, maybe a Bloody Mary, right? In the beginning of the day, you, you catch the Lions, Bears, right? 930 smack dab right in your face right away. Okay. And then, and then it's game time. 115 Raiders take on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas at Jerry world. As it sits right now, um, what I have is the Cowboys are favored by eight points, which is, you know, that's pretty hefty favorites. Um, I think you look at the Cowboys, they lost last week against the chiefs, but before that we're rolling Dak is back. You know, obviously the Raiders are reeling. So, I get why the the line is moved like that. So um, I'm gonna we're gonna change it up. Okay, we we thought our issue was having kind of these joint podcasts with the pod, Picks Him Podcast Network, which we're very grateful for to meet other fan bases and podcasters on the on the platform. Um, but we kept losing when we did those games, and then you know Mike and I are like, we got to figure it out. Let's look at the tape. Maybe it's because how we preview, how we get down, how we break it down. Um, so I will on this preview, take the Raiders defense against the Cowboys offense. Um, and Micah will take the Raiders offense against the Cowboys defense. So Micah odd or even on who goes first. Now that I am not on mute, I'm going to go odd. Okay. It is even. 
So that means I get the choice, and that means I will go first. Oh, look at you. Yep, mixing it up all the way around, even getting back to odd and even. So, um, well, I mean, you look at it, and you have uh, obviously a Cowboys offense that has been pretty pretty explosive throughout the year. You know, Dak went down for you know game or two, and then came back and. They kind of got back up and running, but then going out to Kansas City, no Amari Cooper, who had COVID. CD Lamb got banged up in that game as well, so ended up losing 19-9 to against the Chiefs, um, but all in all, still a really powerful and explosive offense. So a um, couple injury things to look at first and foremost. Um, on the Raiders side, at least, no Kwiatkowski, which we kind of knew had that bad knee injury um, against the Giants, and then on the uh, Cowboys offense, um, you know, Omari Cooper will be out. He's dealing with COVID. I think we lucked out in a sense playing on Thursday because he would have been cleared by Sunday, but he is not cleared for Thursday afternoon. Um, and CD Lamb is he's questionable. There's hopes that he's able to play, but it's it's kind of 50 50 right now. So he once again entered concussion protocol in that Chiefs game last week. And then also Zeke Elliott, he's been banged up. Um, it's been it's kind of been one of those Jacob situations where he has still um, still suited up, but his snaps were limited. He wasn't his same explosive self, so he may end up suiting up. It looks like he's um, trending towards that direction, but we might get a less than 100% Zeke Elliott. But nonetheless, um, they still got weapons on the offensive side. Obviously, Dak Prescott is probably you know top ten. Uh, quarterback and then in the NFL and the you know the offense kind of runs through him which has really um, transformed over the last couple years obviously Zeke like I mentioned Tony Pollard's even a good running back um, as a backup similar to like how we use Kenyon Drake out of the backfield and kind of those stretch runs so Michael Gallup uh, started the year on IR um, and ended up coming back I believe last week or the week before so he is healthy and in that lineup which is actually very opportunistic for that wide receiving core with, um, as I mentioned, Cooper and Lamb questionable. Well, Cooper out and Lamb questionable. But you look at the, um, you know, the team overall or the offense overall. They they got weapons. Um, Dalton Schultz is a tight end that has came on recently um, over the last probably two years. Um, he's a reliable weapon. Um, Prescott likes to use him um, in the middle of the field. You know, it's very similar to you look at a Mark Andrews, um, Hunter Henry type. Um, that's how they use him. He's very good. Um, in both run blocking and pass catching. Tyron Smith um, was someone who didn't play last week against the Chiefs, um, but really that big bookend left tackle, he's he's going to be a tough matchup for, I would imagine, Crosby draws him or Yannick, depending on where they flip sides there. But Zach Martin on the, on the offensive line has been um, a stalemate for them over the years. So it's, it's really, as far as dudes, they got a lot of dudes. They got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of playmakers. That offense has really been the strong suit. Um, since Dak has uh, really taken over that role as as QB one, um, but you'll probably get to the defense. The defense has came on a little bit more recently um, as of this year, so they got some dudes on that side as well. But really, what worries me the most is um, it's it's very similar to the Bengals, more similar to the Bengals and the Chiefs as far as how they operate on offense. They're going to try to establish the run early with Zeke um, or Tony Pollard. Um, and then it's a lot of quick hitters, and then they're going to take their shots when they can, work off play action. My worry is that it's just going to be very, very similar to what we saw last week where they're going to keep trying to establish the run. If they get into those third and shorts, third and less than fives, um, you'll see Dak in the shotgun. You'll see him just picking us apart. I would imagine it's going to be more of that game where it's in between the hashes, um, short, intermediate, you know, 10 to 15 yards. If, if there is no um, CD lamb, which would obviously – take away a deep threat that they have. So all in all, it's a, it's a strong offense that 
um, I am worried about. I think rightfully so, regardless of their performance last week. But um, on the on the defensive side for the Raiders, it's I mean, I don't know. We got we got to match up. Hopefully, I mean, I hope CeeDee Lamb's okay. I hope he doesn't play. Um, so if that's the case, I think there should be an opportunity for us to really, you know, single on Gallup, single on Schultz and just say beat us. You know, I think Nate Hobbs could cover Dallas Schultz. Um, I'd rather him than a linebacker, to be quite honest. Or Abram. Or Abram. I, I don't even Abram shouldn't should play f- first down if that. Just play on first downs. We don't need you in any passing situations. But no, I mean I think it's you know, it's gonna come down to getting getting home with four. I mean, getting home with four, you know, if just assuming we're not gonna change up the scheme, um, not completely, but show different looks. We gotta get home with four. We gotta be able to get creative, blitzing hobs off the edge, just generating pressure, generating forced, you know, force plays, forcing the issue with um Dak as he, you know, extends, gets out of the pocket to where we can create some turnovers. But yeah, I think if 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 we don't you know, if we don't stop the run, it's going to be a long day. Um, I think we've done a decent enough job on that. I, I mean, you look at Mixon ran for a buck twenty, but I think that's a lot of volume that he got, a lot of time possession that they had. So, yeah, overall, it's it's really going to be a tough matchup for the Raiders. Um, I think Nate Hobbs is kind of that X factor to me. Um, how we use him, whether it's different matchups or different, you know, blitzing him off the edge, like I mentioned, just getting creative with him. I feel good about Morig in the back end, um, playing that over the top center field guy to cover any deep shots they take with Michael Gallup or CeeDee Lamb if healthy. So I'm optimistic as far as the defense keeping us in the game, but this is a more explosive offense than the Bengals on paper and that they've showed throughout the year. So we're going to have to get get rocking and rolling, and it could be a big, big uh, game for the over if you're interested in that. So, But then, I mean, if the over was going to hit, the offense would have to score points for the Raiders, and I don't know if you're interested in that. So anyways, I, I don't know. I think it's – Really, Bradley's going to have to to figure out a way to to obviously stop Dak. You look at Spagnola. I think Spagnola kept it relatively relatively simple, and then got just kind of creative at certain times to kind of take them out. And the Chiefs did match up. You know, use a lot of their cover guys just to play one on one matchups. So, you know, we'll see we'll see what he um, drums up. We'll see what he dials up. That's the I don't know if that word's still in. Maybe it's been so over overused or made fun of that it's just not in anymore. But We'll see what uh, we'll see what scheme he ends up coming out with, but we got to be able to got to be able to stop the run as always um, because Zeke can get going um, when healthy, and if you got Dak working off play action on second and shorts, second and shorts, second and short, then uh, you know good luck. But what do you got for uh, the other side of the ball, Raiders offense? Yeah, well, on the offensive side of things, I think the Raiders are are kind of hitting the Cowboys at about of goodest time frame um from the from the injury side of things as possible so all those guys uh you know out or limited on offense and you've got demarcus lawrence and randy gregory both out um on ir um projected to come back next week um and they have been a driving force of that defense and, and just terrorizing people on the outside similar to ngakwe and crosby so that's one plus and what you have kind of seen from offenses since then um is that they've been able to run the ball Last three games against the Cowboys, it was Broncos, Falcons, Chiefs. All of them went for over 100 yards rushing. You saw Javante Williams for um, Denver go off for 111 yards on his own. So I think the biggest – man, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse when I say that. Like, If the running game can get going, if they can get things going – 
Um, but I think that's if there is any, you know, if there's a hole in this defense, if there's a spot that we can kind of wear them down or or kind of find holes in is going to be running the ball specifically, you know, to the outside. They've been good at being able to protect in the middle, um, kind of bunch up the middle. But because of those DNs being out, they don't have as much skill um, setting the edge out there. And teams have been able to kind of um, run off tackle uh, a little better as of lately. The crappy part is uh, is that linebacker Micah Parsons has been making up the um, pass rushing ability for three players for a while now. And as we mentioned before, most athletes named Micah are pretty elite. So, you know, it's it's not surprising that that is something that's going on, that he's essentially carrying a defense um, in that regards. But he has been an absolute force to be reckoned with. Um, it's going to be very tough. There's going to be a lot of weight on our uh, running backs this week. Um, our running backs and and uh, Andre James, as far as, you know, calling out the coverages um, and Carr spying him and, and figuring out who's coming off the edge, who's blitzing, and just kind of being able to pick that up. There's a very good chance that we can have success if they're able to do that, and there's a very good chance that we just get eaten up alive right away if they can't really get him under control and, and you know, when he does blitz, when he does, um, you know, come up the middle, come off the edge, being able to pick it up. It's going to be a rough day if we can't figure out where he is on the field. And he's going to be someone we have to figure out um, where he's at at all times. Um, on the back end, Trayvon Diggs is having himself a season. I think he's on pace for 1,600 interceptions. Um, not completely positive, but he has been a complete force. I was pounding the table pretty hard for him um, coming out of the draft in 2020, and we decided to go with Damon Arnett. So that was pretty cool. Um, but he is really coming to his own this year, and he's been he's been everything that a lockdown corner has kind of uh, entailed. So it's going to probably need to be the Darren Waller show or the Hunter Renfro show this week as far as the receivers are concerned. You know, kind of trying to work at their safeties and their you know nickel corners that are going to be guarding the slots and tight end guys. Is really where we're going to have to try to get some success uh, when it comes to the passing game. So I don't know, man. It's hard to say. It's hard to figure out where to go with this because we've seen so many things uh, over the last, you know, four weeks or so. A lot of bad things. I don't want to say the offense is going to come out here and shit bricks and lay a dud, and because we have been um, as of lately. I don't necessarily expect us to go out there and just put up a ton of points, though. So. I think if we're going to have success, we're going to be able to, you know, run the ball and get Jacobs going. Hopefully, uh, I don't see us having a whole lot of success through the air, um, but I think that there's a chance that we can be effective through the air without actually, you know, completely dominating the air game. So, if they can take advantage of Waller in the red zone and in key situations, take advantage of Renfro on third downs, Carr could go out there and throw for. 225 and you know we could win this game as long as it's effective and that's what we haven't been is effective and taking advantage of certain situations so i'm hoping they can do that my keys to this offense having success jacob's running the ball and having a good game um and really renfro and waller's effectiveness through the air yeah it's it's a tough matchup and and like you said all micas are elite on defense and also versatile that's the common trait for micas yeah, so I think I think you hit on all the big points. I guess I'll have I have a question though. Do you not would you because I think we'd probably think the same, but do you think we'll see any package, actual package for Mariota, not one play of trickery, but like an actual not full series, but not just one play. Any package you think we could see with Mariota this week? Well, I think the tricky part of answering that question is 
is that in order to have a package from Mariota, we have to have a pretty solidified game plan. Mm. <laughs> and then the hard part, like you uh, talked about earlier, is is really kind of figuring out how much of a game plan they actually have and how much um, you know they're going out with with one. I I don't know. I think that we I think that we will see Mariota in some regard. I the problem is I don't think they're going to trot Mariota out there in some type of package if things are looking bad because that's going to make it look like they're putting Mariota out there in replacement of Carr, not that they're necessarily doing that. I think, if anything, we, we see him early in situations like we've seen him in, third and ones. Maybe if they go for it on a fourth down, get him in there. you know. But if we see any substantial playing time for Mariota at all, um, it's because they are – bringing him in for plays here and there early, and it's having success. I think that if we don't see him early, we're not going to see him that much during the game, especially if things start to go bad. So um, I don't know how much of a uh, a package they're going to make for him, but I think I think we will see him in some situations because it feels like they've been kind of trying to work him in there a little bit, but it hasn't been much. Um, and anytime he kind of has, we've, you know, we had that full start and we've just had some issues with it. So. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to actively try to get him heavily involved, but we may see him a little early on. Yeah, agreed. I could just see that the Raiders trying to take the Chiefs approach and just kind of throw the kitchen sink at the Cowboys and get Mariota in there, try trick plays, go for it on fourth down or or fake punt or something like that just because of how stagnant it's been. Um, And it's a short week. I don't know. I could just see them. Maybe I would just hope for them to be, I don't know, just fun. Can you just be fun for a little bit? You know, try it out. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, prediction time, um, as mentioned, Dallas Cowboys open up as eight-point favorites with the Las Vegas Raiders coming into town. Mr. McDonald, which I am Mr. McDonald as well, Micah, elite defensive athlete Micah, what do you have as the predictions for this Thanksgiving feast? Well, you know, I go into every season knowing that the Raiders are going to lose football games, right? Um, But I think this is the first time this season we are going to get a prediction from me of the Raiders losing. Because I just don't – they've wore me down, man. They've wore me down, and and I've got to be um, realistic about things. As much as I be – as much as I am optimistic about stuff, I have to be realistic as well. So I do think that the Cowboys are going to win this game. My Where my optimism is going to come from is going to come from the offense kind of getting back into the swing of putting up points and, you know, not being this, you know, shell of what we've seen before that can't sustain a drive. I think that the Cowboys are going to beat us 28 to 21. I think you're going to see us compete. I think at the end of the day, they're just going to be an overmatch for us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um you know, obviously a little off brand for you. And it's going to be off brand for me because I'm going Raiders 31 28. Let's go, baby. Daniel Let's go, Carlson. baby. Daniel yes. Carlson at the last minute. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 31 28 Raiders. I don't even care. I don't even know why. Um, we just told you why, or maybe more so why it sh- isn't going to happen. But I'm just going to have faith. I'm going to turn these vibes around right now. Okay. 31 28, mark it down, Raiders. And I don't even care. I don't care if I'm, if I'm just overly hopeless hopeless hopeful i am hopeless at hopeful. times usually hopeless throughout the whole yeah. season but nope 31 28 mark it down usually your hopelessness comes from your romanticism yes i'm just a hopeless romantic but i'm turning the vibes around and that's also why i texted micah 
midway through the show and we're going to do a Thanksgiving power rankings because I was feeling it and I was feeding into it probably mostly just around, you know, we were, it's just blah. It's just Raiders suck, which they do right now. But guys, it's a short week. If you're working, it's a short week. You're going to have basically half day tomorrow. If you want, maybe you took the whole week off, but you got Thursday, Friday off. Hopefully, you know, you got a big weekend coming. Let's just, we're with family. Let's be thankful but it's not a power rankings about what you're thankful for. It's a power rankings because it is not Mount Rushmore season anymore. And here are the parameters, Mr. Mike Hassan 55 power rankings, which is still four in total. Now you are going to choose. We'll start with one category and then we'll flip to the other. The first category is Thanksgiving sides. Okay. For the meal. Okay. Thanksgiving sides that you have to take. And it's the same thing where, snake draft if i take something micah had he can't use it so um so the first two are going to be thanksgiving sides for your wonderful meal um and then the second two are going to be thanksgiving activities and activities can be active or inactive but it's more of an activity an event whatever you end up doing that's outside of the meal so because i sprung this on you would you like to conduct the otter even to see who goes, who's, to see who chooses who goes first. Yes, you go ahead and tell me odd or even. I'm going to go with odd. Ooh, it was even. Ooh, okay. All right, so you get to choose. So I'll go first. And for my uh, for my side, um, I think about, for me, what I go for first, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and some people may not necessarily go for their favorite first. I tend to, and I'm going to go with mashed potatoes. That's going to be my number one side. And there's another number one that I wanted to take, but I think it is in high debate um, over whether it is even considered a side or not, as, as more so it might be an additive. But I'm going mashed potatoes, my number one side at Thanksgiving. That would hurt. I thought I was going to have that as a steal. Oh, man, that's a killer. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm not going to try to take the top off the defense at first because <laughs> I had an idea, but I'm going to go with bread rolls. I'm going with bread rolls. You could be a little problematic. You're like, dude, talking rolls here. You can have rolls anytime, but bread rolls are critical because number one, it's Thanksgiving. So there's no judgment on how many you eat. Also the versatility of when you have what you stole my one, one. Okay. Let's just be <laughs> fair because, and it's my fault, I guess odd, but when you have your mashed potatoes, okay. And then you grab the the gravy scooper okay and you scoop your gravy and you push it down into the into your mashed potatoes and dump it to make that nice little volcano action there's going to be some gravy that spills out okay and i like to portion i like to portion my rolls i don't like to keep them closed i keep them open so that gravy flows right into that and it gives it a little you know a little sauce a little marinade so you got butter on there um i, th- I just think there's a lot of upside that's that's just where i'm at with the bread rolls and i feel good about it no, that that's absolutely fantastic because that was definitely um, my Ooh, number. Sorry, two. I'm sorry. Last thing, last thing is the fact yeah. that you can throw turkey in there, and make a little mini sandwich. Yes, absolutely. And and that's what I was going to kind of touch on for a second too. Is that it's it is very versatile. It's it's like oh great, you chose bread for your mm-hmm. your favorite side, but dipping it in the gravy, um, getting a little mash and a little turkey, and making a little mini sandwich on it. To just I'm a big big carbs guy, big bread guy, so. I'm right there with you. And that was definitely, you know, my number two, if, if you were, if you were going to take 
Tater's first overall. So, mm. all right, back to you, partner. Snake draft. Oh, that's right. Snake draft. I'm the one who even said it was a snake draft. Um, well, my second pick. It's tough because one's going to make me look like a beta. The other one's going to make me look like a child. So actually, I feel good. I'm going to go with, I'm going green beans. Okay. Let me tell you why. Because, and and, and sure, this is more of a, a homer pick for what type of green beans we get. But we get some dang good green beans. And there's always like many cut up chunks of uh, bacon in there. Okay. So kind of mix it up. And also when you got greens on your plate, right, during Thanksgiving, you feel good a little bit, right? Obviously, as a kid, if you could get away with that, your mom's not looking at you. But also, not a big yams guy, okay? Like, I'm not a big cranberry sauce kind of guy. And so if you're looking for a balance, a lighter balance, I really like the green beans, especially when you got the bacon in there. And it just makes you – and not a, not a huge scoop, but enough to be like there's a little balance here, okay? Because there's – as much as that's going to balance out probably the first portion of my meal, the, the back half, the portion, the, the pies, everything else, the you know, the sandwiches that you eat Friday after it, it's going to be imbalanced as far as ratios go. So I'm going to sneak in the cramp or the, the green beans. And I like green beans, man, especially with bacon. So that's my, that's my second one. That's fantastic. And, and, you know, as, as you're speaking and as you were talking, you know, so many things are coming to my mind, but I think just as you said that that is something that balances out your meal, this is where I am going to balance out us as brothers um, and, and why we are the yin to each other's yang, because mm-hmm. I am big on like candy DMs and that's where I'm going with my number two. So awesome. you'll stay away from those, yeah. which is fine. Cause that's what I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Not a big green bean person, right? Perfect. Um, we, we know, we know where, where my allegiances lie when it comes to vegetables such as green beans. Now I do like fresh green beans. I can't stand the canned ones, fresh ones I'll eat and I like them and they're good. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like, pick that if i have the option we, i'm a grown, we, I'm a grown man i'm not far from 40 so i can make those decisions now you and mike gundy yeah so um i'm going with the candy yams um which mom mom makes um and they're so delicious if you thought me taking potatoes number one now take sugar potatoes <laughs> with marshmallows melted and uh toasted on the top of it um it's just so delicious it's like it's like having a little bit of dessert with your meal in my opinion so uh if if that's if that's on the table i'm definitely going there and that see that plays like, that plays twice by the way if it's on the table it, as far as the draft <laughs> and the thanksgiving table so yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so i mean I'm, I'm obviously it's it what's funny is it's not the second thing that i usually go for right mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with my normal you know, I'll go mashed potatoes first and then I'll get a little bit of stuffing and get the little gravy volcano going, like you said. Maybe even get some rolls. But I know that those candy jams, they're on the table. I'm I'm gonna get a good scoop of it. Um, a lot of times if you go for it last, that means that everybody else has kind of dipped into it already. You don't have to feel bad about taking an extra large scoop. You know, if you go last, it's like, well. If anybody else is coming, they're going in for seconds. So I'm going to take as much as I want on the first mm-hmm. scoop. So number two, candy DMs. Okay. Now, before we move on to our power, actually, let's finish out the list, and then I'm going to have to come back to um, something for you. So okay. so this this starts with you now. So now we're talking yeah. activity. Um, and, I, and I think we – yeah, we did this last year. Um, we did this last year, like I said, and it's just uh, – there's so many potential activities. So I'm just going to let – I'm just going to keep it so open-ended that you can choose anything. And you're and you're up, Kip. Okay, my first one. I'm gonna. My first one overall. I feel like is something that you will probably 
you will probably take in my real number one overall um, for this grouping. Um, I feel like I can get on the back half. So my first overall, it's going to be a little tricky this year for me. We're going to figure out if it's something that's possible, but tossing the pigskin around out in the in the front the front yard or the backyard, just outside, a little bit of a crisp air going on more often than not. And now we're at the age where we can make Nate run. We don't have to be the ones that that have to go deep for every pass. We can be the ones that throw the pass, which allows you to have the one beer in the hand. Yeah, exactly. And also one beer in hand um, means that you're like when the ball's getting thrown back to you, you're making one handed catches. So you look cool in front of in front of uh, the nieces and nephews, whoever's there. Uh, So all around, it's a you know, you don't have to exert a lot of energy, but you can be somewhat athletic and it's just fun throwing the pigskin around in between games um you know maybe get the pigskin thrown around before the raider game um or after if you feel like just throwing the ball as hard as you can because you're pissed off but yeah that's my number one (laughs) well you did it again britney spears i have a feeling i know what your number one is on the back end but i'm not gonna say it but maybe afterwards i can guess if 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 you don't choose it um well i guess i can't guess i'll just tell you what i thought it was i think the activity for me and I said it's open-ended, so I'm going to get pretty dang specific here. Okay. Mine is basically that it think of the witching hour. Okay. As it relates to the red zone. Okay. And that's usually between 12 and 12 and one o'clock. Okay. Where the first slate's ending second before the, you know, it's about to end second slate hasn't started. Right. This is my version of the, the witching hour for Thanksgiving where you've already had a one beverage to kind of get you up and running. Right. So you're on your second one. And it's peak appetizer round, right? Where turkey's still rocking and rolling, but they got just the the nice apps that aren't going to hit the Thanksgiving table, but are still the alphas of all the apps. And so you're, you know, you're walking around, you're on your second drink, you're picking, you're getting some salami, right? You're getting some olives, put them on your fingers. That was actually one of mine for, for the sides. I didn't know if it, olives was a side and also I'm a child because I still put them on my fingers. Olive fingers. <laughs> it's, it's just fun and it's and they're delicious. Yeah, just that feeling and with football on and you're also not dressed yet. So that's a big part of it where it's like turkey's still going, drinks are going, apps are out, full in effect, right? Football's on, but you're also not like dressed where you're still in your comfies, you know? And it's like, that's just that feeling where it's like that pre-Thanksgiving feeling. Nothing against getting ready, sitting at the dinner table, but it's kind of just like that you're just so free, you're just so freed up and it's 11 o'clock and it's amazing. And then that, so that's my activity. That very specific situation is my activity. And you'll know, I'm just going to call it the, the activity is called the witching hour of Thanksgiving. Taking advantage of the witching hour. Exactly. Exactly. It's fantastic. I, it's not, that was very specific. You're correct. And that's not something I've thought of, but as you talk about it, it's like, but I think you Damn. know that You're moment. Like, you right. You right. I'll get. I'll give you the head nod. I'll give you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just say the witching hour has begun. That's all I'm yeah. going to tell you on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, mine is going to be. Oh my goodness, this is so brutal. Because what it, I mean, honestly, it should be like being with family, giving thanks. Those are those activities, you know. But yeah, I'm gonna go with. Yep, this is what I'm going with. Another very specific situation, okay? Mine is the end of night, okay? Mine's the end of the night where the kids have gone to bed and, and may, you know, the parents are still rocking and rolling. And it's kind of like you start getting into 
to game night, you start getting into, you know, people are, they find they, they were in comfies, they dressed up, they dressed down kind of at the end of the night. And it's tough because you got to factor in people taking naps. You got to factor in, you know, people that just go to bed early, but I'm more so saying towards the end of the night where you just have all of the pies are still out, you know, and you got also, you could go back and you can jam out some Turkey if you need it, maybe some extra olives, who knows, but kind of that towards the end of the night where you start getting some cocktails rolling you start playing some games. You're just eating all the leftovers that are around, even though you shouldn't, because you got to save it for Friday. That's maybe you're working on a puzzle that got started during the witching hour. Maybe I've just maybe. kind of been chilling there all day. See, I basically what I just described as my activities is pre Thanksgiving and post Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but it's it's kind of just before and after are my favorite times of Thanksgiving. Yeah, and that sounds terrible, but you you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I'm gonna go pre and post Thanksgiving meal. Is, is just that time, even though it's not an activity, it's more about a part of a part of the day that I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's fantastic. And the reason I enjoy it so much is because it's not, it's just underrated. And the biggest event is the meal itself. And it's, and that is a blessed time where mom will probably make everyone go around the table and say what they're thankful for. And everyone will be like, come on mom. And then we'll still have to do it because she still calls the shots. Yeah. So we'll still have to pick out our two pieces of corn. Correct. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of things we've got to do. <laughs> Color our pilgrims. Yeah. Um, not even our, well, I guess our pilgrims and our turkeys. So, all right. That's my second one is this post Thanksgiving, <laughs> post witching. <laughs> which oh, that's two. fantastic. Well, um, my number two, there's a good chance you probably guess it. And you, you sort of touched on it as you were discussing all that stuff, but um, just napping and or just any time that you get to sleep or get horizontal um whether it's on a lazy boy on the couch couch is a little harder because a lot of times thanksgiving a lot of people you know at the house you don't want to take up a whole couch because you're laying on it but if you can snag a lazy boy if you can you know get horizontal at some point it's probably going to be usually after eating is the big time right all that tryptophan in your system um maybe you guys ate early and you kind of like halftime of the last game um, or right before the last game starts um, you're full you've just been gorging on uh, appetizers snacks all day drinking beer all day or you know whatever it is your your choice of drink and everything is just catching up to you at like 4 45 5 15 ish range laying down just napping just sleeping just resting just not being on your feet not doing anything except just like letting your body relax and catch up from everything that you just put it through uh, the previous 10 hours. So, okay. That was my guess, by the way. Yeah, um, I figured it probably was. Okay. But that's also, you talk about the yin and the yang. I can't do that. I'm, I'm unable to take a day nap. Mike is one of the best in the County. I would say at this point, I just can't, I can't do it um, because it's when I'm out, I just, I'm, I'm asleep for a long time. And I don't, and maybe I should, maybe I should rest my body, you know, but Instead, I just, I just, I don't, um, but I, I, you look enjoyable, you look peaceful. So there's that, but you're also one of those threats to my post meal game plan, you know? So once again, I don't like, I don't, I'm going to stand by my list. I don't love it because I obviously would have taken thrown the rock and everything you described um, where it's like a little crispy, it's a little cold and you, you kind of, that one goes in your hands. You're like, man, that was, that hurt a little bit. That's obviously a good pick. I was going to, pick also just talking politics at the, the table um you know but then that's kind of negative and it goes against the positive vibes 
you like doing that just to stir issues like that's there's that's not it's not because it's a fun activity it's it's fun to cause problems (laughs) yeah it's fun to cause problems and in that sense i sound like a terrible person but like politics i don't care about so i can easily start the conversation and then (laughs) walk away (laughs) and just being doing the puzzle in in the other room and as people are well now that you now that you got a child you can be like oh i think avery needs me yeah i gotta (laughs) Baby needs to finish the puzzle with me. You know, yeah. baby needs to throw the pigskin outside. Um, I'll be right back. But you know, there's uh, th- another. This isn't really an activity, but it's kind of like this. Probably plays for a lot of uh, families out there. Is kind of like the cro- like the crossover of families when it's like different. You know, so it's like someone's side. So for instance, like my wife's family's coming. Um, so it's gonna be our family, their family, just kind of like that, that collective group and how interesting it can be especially if you don't get together a ton and that's why you bust out the politics just to see where anyone sits literally and theoretically on which side of the table they sit so that could be fun it just gets the juices going and then people aren't taking naps um anymore but you know that's that's negative vibes that we're not going to drive but um yeah i wanted to go back to what you said in the beginning at this list and you said you didn't know if it counted technically as a side do you want to elaborate uh, gravy. I don't know if gravy counts as a side. Um, oh, okay. I feel like it counts as an additive. Some people may think it's a side. Some people that have previously been on this podcast put a list out on Twitter recently mm-hmm. stating that gravy is their number one side. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't take it because I think that it's, it's considered more of an additive. You know, it's something that you put on your sides. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like if gravy was a definitive side, I, I would have taken that and I would have taken that number one overall. I just, mm-hmm. I, I find it in that, you know, gray area. So I wasn't going to use it. I don't know if it constitute constitutes a side, um, but I think because you can put it on your turkey and your mashed potatoes and just, you know, like I said, dribble it into that, you know, bread roll, I think it's, it should at least have a chance to be one day considered a side. Yeah. It's like Pluto. It's kind of in and out of the right. solar system all the time. Yeah. When is it going to ever get a fair shake? Yeah. Well, that's it. That's our show. That's our preview. Um, I got, you know, I got fired up. I was always excited for Thanksgiving. I'm saying I'm excited now. I'm optimistic about the Raider game. Obviously, we know where they sit, but you know, we we, we can't always be downers. You know, sometimes we just do a role reversal and you just crush them, and I just tell, just say that they're going to win when I don't truly believe <laughs> that. So that's all I got, man. Yeah, I'll actually see you tomorrow, um, and I believe we may be able to do a live recap episode um of the thursday game so raider nation we love you guys get ready for this short week give thanks before the game i would i would try to get that out is is all your thanks and your kind words to your family members before the game because you just don't know how you're going to feel afterwards you might not have any after the game you may not you may not especially if you use some of the the tips and tricks we gave you um around the, the dinner table so yeah, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Going to be a great game. But as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcast. Uh, go follow us on Instagram at Raider Take Podcast. We are going to hope for a win this week. It's going to be very, uh, very interesting. This is probably the week that we go in and, and somehow like win by a large margin for some reason when we're just like, there's just, that doesn't, nothing makes sense at all, but we'll take it. As Raiders fans, we will always have some type of hope, but also expect to be let down. So we hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed our our, uh, impromptu power ranking. And we will see y'all on the other side of Thanksgiving, uh, recapping this uh, 
Cowboys game. So, love you guys, Raider Nation. Peace out. Stand up. Happy Thanksgiving.